It's the Northwest Outdoor Show with Lance Fisher, your guide for fishing and hunting in the great Northwest. Now, here's your guide, Lance Fisher. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Northwest Outdoor Show. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, hopefully you're having a marvelous start to to your new year, and uh, I certainly am, and uh, largely because of the cup of coffee I've got sitting in front of me right now as I uh, enjoy my coffee that comes in from Bend, and I just absolutely enjoy, um, for those of you listening on KB. Uh, ND over in Bend, the uh, Strictly Organic there in Bend is just absolutely amazing. Just say hi for me, please. They just ship us our 15 pounds every month, but I'm enjoying that right now. Hopefully, you're enjoying something. Um, I don't really get the tea thing. I, I just don't. I know people that do that and like have their tea. Uh, one of my favorite people to fish with um, Dr. Heinzman, he shows up with tea and I, I don't understand the tea thing, but it's cool. He loves to fish and we have a good time together. Uh, but there is the, there are the people out there that, that enjoy their tea. Um, I just prefer a cup of black hot coffee and, um, with an occasional iced coffee during the summer, but we're not doing that right now. Um, we're, uh, <laughs> we're looking for the hot stuff and, uh, yeah, a decent week uh, for fishermen in the sense that we got a bunch of rain, and uh, that's 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 a good thing, as it has been a little bit concerning how little rain that we've gotten through December. Historically, December is a big snowpack month. Uh, it's a big rain month, and we tend to put a little bit of money in the bank this time of year as we uh, store things up for the spring uh, when we do want snow melt and runoff and and plenty of ice cold water coming down the mountains it makes for better fishing longer into the season there's uh, into the springer season there's no question about that and uh it, yeah so it was good i'm hoping that we get some follow-up and um hopefully we get some follow-up and hopefully the cooler weather sticks around um you know so that we don't just lose it in one in one fell swoop up in the mountains because that happens too and uh we've seen we see that we see it every we see it a little bit a little bit everything every year i mean it's a trip man you know yeah if you um stick around long enough you're gonna kind of see it all here in the pacific northwest and record snowpacks last year and this year, definitely not as much. Um, definitely not as much snow going on right now. In fact, I'm looking right now, and up at Timberline, we're looking at about um, five feet of snow. And uh, ski bowls, about, well, I think we're looking at less than two feet at ski bowl. And, and that's, uh, I think we need a little bit more snow. But... Uh, um, you know, five, seven, 10, 12, 14, 16 inches here the last couple days, uh, depending on where you're at. And, uh, it is a good thing and it's staying cold up there for the time being. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited 
<laughs> to just get some more of this stuff because what happens is people are going, yeah, well, I didn't like the high water. In fact, I talked to a guy this last week and he was like, man, this was my worst this was my worst Springer year ever in 2017. And I was like, he's like, it just flat sucked. And, uh, you know what? I was, you know, I, I didn't, you know, sit there and jump on my, you know, jump on my soapbox and say, you know, that was the best fishing I'd seen in eight years. Um, yeah, I did. I, I told him it was the best fishing I'd seen in eight years, so I'm sorry. I wasn't boasting, though. It's just interesting to compare notes and, you know, because he was a guy that fishes well. He's good at it, but it was just where he fished and kind of how he fished. And he just didn't, you know, it just wasn't a good year for him. And it's interesting to hear different people's perceptions of how it was. I loved the high water. I had an awesome season, had a great time, caught lots of fish, had a couple slow days, but the slow days were few and far between. Um, you know, I say, you know, we probably averaged three to six fish a day, um, which is decent springer fishing, you know, by all means. And, you know, yeah, I'd probably, probably say it was a four to five fish average per day. Um, this last year, the egg bite was good for me. The herring bite was good for me. You know, the prawn bite was good for me. The shrimp bite was good for me. All the bites were good for me. I, I didn't, I didn't really complain. Um, you know, but it's interesting, you know, that guys that fish certain areas, you know, maybe didn't do as well. And, uh, um, it's also interesting, you know, how the river levels change, you know, and you will find certain sections of river will do better at certain times. Obviously, the channel early on tends to do, mm, you could contend the best. I mean, in terms of hot bites, the channel definitely sees some of the hotter bites earlier on. Um, in high water, I think the channel does particularly well. And last year, there was a period of about 10 days where the channel was, man, it was unhinged. It was really good. And the guys that knew how to fish it, guys that didn't mind breaking off gear, um, they, did, they did rather well. And uh, you've got to, um, you know, ideally, you know, do you, you know, stick and move and chase that bite and go pretty much, you know, every... Um, you know, go everywhere that you hear there's a good bite or do you stick and stay, you play your game, wait for those fish to show up to you. I mean, just because they're getting them in the channel doesn't mean you're not getting them in downtown Portland. I mean, that's not what I'm implying, but there's definitely places and times where you'll find the bulk of the fish. It's just, there's, there's a larger number of fish in certain areas. And I know guys that fish, the Willamette from the channel all the way to the falls and they are all over the place. And I'm just not sure that it really, I'm not sure it really ends up. I don't know. I, I, I don't know that it ends up panning out chasing bites. And the reason being is I think the guys that do the best are, 
are typically guys that are really super dialed into their area. And I'm talking down to the 12 to 16 inches. I mean, they are super dialed in. And those sort of details make a huge difference for people. You know, I mean, people think, oh, it's a big river. You know, you kind of, you know, you're catching them all over the place. And, you know, my answer to that is, yes, it's a big river. And within that river, you catch them in a few places. (laughs) And that's my experience. You know, it's even that way down down in Astoria. I mean, there are very specific patterns, timing, locations that tend to yield fish every day. And it's not the whole river. It's just not. And guys that tend to be really aware of those bumps, those humps, those nooks, those crannies, tend to accidentally end up with a few more fish in the box at the end of the day. And springers are are no different. The guys that I know that do really well down in the channel, they can grind that channel. They know where they need to be, and they understand where all the snags are. They run their boats right up next to them, which is oftentimes, you know, where those fish will kind of hold up or hang out. Um, They're running their gear right through there. They're getting bit in a lot of the same spots in the same 100 feet and the same 50 feet and the same 30 feet over and over again. And, and they're dialed in on it. Uh, do they know, do they have that same intelligence if they're running all over the river? Hmm. Yeah, maybe some of it, but I don't think they have all of it. And so then you, you've got to ask yourself, okay, does it really pan out? Well, Hey, it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but, uh, good to get some water. We're going to be talking some steelhead fishing, of course, some more springer fishing. We've got lots going on today on the Northwest Outdoor Show. Don't go away. Back to the Northwest Outdoor Show with Lance Fisher. All right, this is the time of year where we're getting things dialed for the upcoming season. And yeah, I know some of you, like upcoming season, man, I'm already fishing for steelhead. But yeah, those of us with power boats are getting these boats ready as uh, we got a lot of fun stuff happening here in the next uh, in the next few months and for the remainder of 2018. And one of the things I'd encourage you to check out now rather than later is your boat insurance. Give the folks at the Boat Insurance Agency a call. They're experts. They're one of the best boat insurance agency outfits in the entire country. In fact, they were one of the first that specialized in boat insurance. And you can get a hold of Jeremy. You can get a hold of Neil. They've got a whole staff of super helpful people. And again, they're located right here in the Pacific Northwest. You can find them at boatinsurance.net. That's boatinsurance.net for your boat insurance needs. And a uh, great bunch of folks up there. And if you do do call, just say, hey, you know, heard you on the show, heard you on Lance's show. And I've literally, I, I've probably got, I don't know, dozens, hundreds. I don't know what the numbers are up there. People that are show listeners that are have their boat insurance with them. But they've been sponsoring this program now, I think, for five years. So... And haven't skipped a beat. They just keep on doing it. So it's got to be it's got to be working for them. Um, anyway, which is cool. Great bunch of great bunch of folks. So boatinsurance.net for you. 
uh, if you need to get your boat insurance checked out. And we were talking about some of the water that we've got and uh, some of the opportunities that that's going to bring for us. Not and, and we were mostly focused on the spring. I mean, come on, we're kind of geeking out already. I mean, I am. I'm already starting to get a little hankering, man. I'm thinking about my prawn rigs and thinking about my shrimp rigs and I'm, I'm serious. I get, I get, I get into it, man. I, I love springer fishing, but we've got some good steelhead fishing right now. And thankfully, um, I shouldn't say good. Why did I say that? I just said that automatically. I shouldn't say good. I should say that we've got decent conditions and we're going to have some decent days out of that. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we're still a little early, you know, we're not into the prime yet. I think we're more into prime here starting the next couple weeks. Um, but you know, with any, every rise and with every drop, you're going to find, um, you're going to find some opportunities and, um, you know, so I guess that's what I'm excited about is there's going to be some opportunities next week. If indeed the rain kind of subsides a little bit, it looks like um, we've got additional systems coming in the beginning of the week, start, starting on uh, Martin Luther King's birthday and going into um, the first several days of the week and even right now into Thursday, but we're not really seeing the amounts yet um, in the forecast. So it's a little hard to, you know, it's a little hard to, uh, you know, really predict where we're going to end up. You know, we could, you know, we're out right now and we could go right back out on, on Monday evening in, into Tuesday. I think Monday there's going to be a shot, um, you know, to get some fishing in, you know, we're just going to have to watch it. It, it did come up down on the Wilson. I kind of tend to use the Wilson as the barometer, you know, it did get up to almost nine and a half. So, you know, a little bit of water and obviously it doesn't take much to go right back out. You know, once, you know, once you're, once you're into that range and up into the sixes, obviously it doesn't take much. Um, the good thing is, is that if we can get this water cycle going, it, we, as we found out last year, it also doesn't take much to stay green, um, coming into repeated high water events. So that's something that I hope um, happens. <laughs> I would love to see it go right back out, honestly, and really get those shorelines primed for the best part of the season. And, you know, what do I mean by that? Well, if you when you get repeated events like we did last year where the river was constantly bumping up into the sevens and uh, eights, at least seven plus, you know, you tend to wash out your shorelines and you tend to have less sediment, less mud, less whatever rolling into the rivers after every event. You tend to come back into shape uh, a lot sooner and tend to have some really decent fishing in the high water. And we saw that repeatedly last year, but it's not always the case. I mean, some years you end up with a mudslide or, you know, on whatever river you fish, it just ends up dirty. Um, you know, it doesn't really clean out um, the way you need it to, or you kind of hover in the lower ends 
you know, where, where the Wilson's down in the low fives and then your events just basically wash debris and mud. You just don't get enough events to really clean yourself out. So, um, you know, something, you know, something that we'll be kind of watching as this season transpires and, you know, what, how, what are we going to do? Project? There's, there's nothing you can project. I mean, seriously, I mean, what do we know? I mean, we're behind on our snowpack right now. You know, heck, we could end up with record snowpacks. You you just don't know. Um, and and the longer I'm around and paying attention to this sport, the more I'm just like, you know, yeah, I can guess and, and whatever, but we don't know anything, you know. This could be the last major rain event for the next, you know, six weeks. And uh, we've seen that before where it just, you know, it just goes bone dry. It gets cold. Um, fishing gets tough. You know, right now we've got we've got the warmer temperatures around, um, which tend to be more indicative of the wetter, wetter stuff. Um, we've got more of that around next week, you know, where we're, we're seeing actually highs in the low 50s. Um, when we see stuff like that, that tends to be our wet stuff. I mean, that's really what you want. I mean, if you're, if you're rooting for rain or if you're a skier or a snowboarder and you're, you're rooting for, um, you know, if you're rooting for the stuff in the mountains, you know, those, those are the temperatures you kind of want in the Valley because it starts getting too cold. It tends to get clear. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how it all works. You'd have to ask Safino on that one. I, I, I really don't know, but you, you tend to see, um, I guess you'd call them symptoms, conditions, and you kind of know what's coming with them if you've if you've been around these parts long enough. So anyway, um, might have some fishing early in the week, and who knows, we may get lucky and have it go out again uh, after a day or two of decent fishing. We'll be back with more of the Northwest Outdoor Show right after this. Stay tuned for more with Lance on the Northwest Outdoor Show. Let's lock and load with Lance Fisher on the Northwest Outdoor Show. All right, welcome back, and thanks for tuning in, everybody listening from around the region, from uh, Eugene up to Kelso, Portland, Vancouver, Salem, Bend, Tillamook, Astoria. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and uh, it's always good uh, being with my being with my uh, home team folks. It's just, yeah, it's nice. You know, it's nice. It's comfortable. We all know what we're talking about around here, right? Okay, if you're a uh, uh, business uh, corporation or so, this time of year is when I do a lot of my corporate bookings, and those are clients that are fishing a number of times, and I get guys that fish with me 5, 10, 15, 20 times in a year and supporting their sales organizations and and, uh, appreciation events for clients. If that's something you're interested in and checking it out, uh, feel free to contact me at LanceFisherFishing.com. That's LanceFisherFishing.com. And, um, yeah, it's it's a great way to get out and hang out with people. And, uh, uh, in fact, no better way. I've actually uh, do have a new Willie Drift Boat this year. and Or, excuse me, this last fall. I picked it up in August and then ran uh, some fall Chinook trips out of it, which was fun. And... It's an 1860 um, Willie Drift Boat, and I've had 
uh, every size trip boat that Willie makes, except the 20. I have not had a 2072 or whatever the heck that monster is. I've had a 1966. Um, and I've had uh, 1754, 1760, um, which are the, you know, the major sizes that y- you would probably have. Um, I know that they make some 16s, but I'm not doing a 16. Um, but this 1860 is just absolutely unbelievable. And how it rose, it's just fantastic. And I love getting my boats built by those guys simply because the details in your boat are what matters. And the details in your boat are what make end up making a boat special. So you've already got the woolly hull and the woolly rake. Um, of course, it rose amazingly. Um, and I, I have to say, the 1860 is the best rowing boat they build. Um, that's just my opinion. I, I don't think I'm alone, though. I could not believe how easily that boat rode. Um, and, you know, so I start with that, but then I had it built, and having built a number of boats now, um, you know, I've kind of learned, at least for myself, what I prefer and what I don't prefer. And, and so this boat is just, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And I'm super, super thankful to be steelhead fishing in it, in it this year. And I'm kind of getting fired up. I'm, I'm, my engines are getting cranked. I got out this last week, but I went actually with one of my guides and, uh, one of my customers and actually casted and flailed and did what I did. You know, I'll get into that more later, but now I'm on my boat. But um, the thing that makes a boat is the details. And I had this boat built in a way where this 1860 is actually really light. Um, and how it's configured for steelhead fishing, and I've got it configured a salmon configuration and a steelhead configuration, is I actually put my clients in front of me, which is popular with the larger boats, the 1966. Uh, sixes, but only Pat Abel have I seen do it in the 1860. And the thing is about the Willie community is that you can literally call anybody. And if you need to go do some measurements or see how they've configured it, anybody that owns a Willie boat, I, I'm not kidding you, is going to be open to you crawling around their boat and kind of seeing how they've done it. And I've done it on, um, a couple different occasions, uh, I've crawled through uh, Terry Mulkey's drift boat, and I've also crawled uh, on this last build. Um, um, I crawled through Pat Abel's drift boat, and I'm talking tape measure, camera phone, blah blah blah, and just really, you know, making sure that where I was going was right. Um, so, if you ever, I'll, I'll say it right now: if you ever need to do that. Um, feel free to get a hold of me. You are absolutely welcome to go through my boat with a tape measure and um, with a phone and make sure your measurements are right. And I've done that for quite a few people. So uh, you don't have to be in the club or anything. I'm just saying that's a that's part of being a part of the Willie family is that people are just, you know, super helpful and gracious like that. So anyway, you're you're welcome. 
um, to reach out to me if you need to do that. But um, I've got pedestal seating in the front of me. I do not have any boxes. I have no raised floors. Um, I have um, literally just pedestal bases and then a rod that comes up with a seat on it, a very comfortable tempera seat, um, and they're spaced out perfectly. Um, but that took considerable weight out of the front of the boat, not having the flat deck, um, and also not having any sort of seat box arrangement, man, I dropped serious poundage. Um, I mean, between the front deck and the seat boxes, that's easily a hundred pounds. So that's a, that's kind of a big deal. The other thing that I get out of the configuration that I've got going is, the people sit lower in my boat than they ever would with the flat fork floor configuration. In other words, the center of the balance in the boat is right. It's not tippy. It's not top heavy. Um, you know, where you get people sitting elevated and your center of balance is just not, it's not cool. Um, at least for me, it makes me uncomfortable. I just don't like a tippy boat. I like that boat to be nice. Um, and, and low to the water, uh, in terms of your, your weight. And I, I just think it, it fishes better. So, um, that being said, there's just, you know, there's just a diamond plate path that goes up to that area. And then what we did, you know, to accommodate the rods, because now all of a sudden your feet, um, especially the person closest to me, their feet are right on where my rod butts would be. Um, and, and Trig down at Willie actually built a little vertical box and it's the only place I've seen it. Um, we came up with the idea on the fly on the last day and it's a vertical kind of butt storage area that bolts in. I only use it for steelhead season. It comes out during fall Chinook season. Um, and actually the butts are stored vertical vertically and then the rods come out and onto a rack um, that's to my left that keeps the rods perfectly flat to the rail in the boat. So in other words, if it's not configured perfectly, your rods will be sticking up in the air and why you or, or too high in the air for my comfort. And the reason you don't want that is because as you're, as you're going through narrow passages or getting tight to brush, you can hang a rod and rip a rod out of your boat. So I like my rods to basically be an inch above the gunnel line coming down the side of my boat and for the tips to be really low to that gunnel line. Um, and Trig was able to build that configuration between the back um, rod rack, the, the rest for the tips and the butts, it is absolute art. And he spent, he spent several hours configuring, reshaping, cutting. I mean, it's just to the absolute nines. So my rowing seat is actually just a single box, um, that is, I have nothing to my left and nothing to my right. The rods are to my left as they lay and then to my right, I can actually walk around my seat to the back of the boat. So I do not have a bench, um, which makes it super nice. And some people may say, okay, well, where's your fish box? I've just got a kill bag that lays down the side, uh, the right side of my boat. That's it.
And that's all I need. I just do not need anything else. I can fit three Chinook in my kill bag. And you may say, what happens to number four? And when I got four, I'm going to the barn. I don't need a kill bag. I just throw it on the bottom of the boat. Um, so it works out just absolutely perfectly um, and is, yeah, just absolutely amazing. But um, a wonderful boat and just, hey, you know what? It's it, it's nice to have good equipment. So anyway, when we come back, we will actually talk some steelhead fishing. We'll be back right after these messages on the Northwest Outdoor Show. Don't go away. Just keep trolling along. We'll be back with more of the Northwest Outdoor Show. It's the final cast with Lance Fisher on the Northwest Outdoor Show. All right, thanks for tuning in and a little weather event uh, this past week and uh, looks like a little bit more to come. Uh, not sure of the severity of it, but uh, should be some opportunities to do some fishing, perhaps on Monday. That's how it's looking, and, you know, there'll probably be uh, there'll be some stuff going down uh, tomorrow as well, but not very many places. Um, so I think we're going to get a little window of some fishing. It'll probably be uh, at least a decent opportunity for some guys. I was able to get out this past week um here a week ago and it was you know it sucked okay let's let's not sugarcoat it 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 sucked I was just I was just hanging out I went out with one of my guides one of my clients had a great time and everything but you know there just weren't that many fish around and um you know water was kind of clear it wasn't a ton of color um but it was yeah, there just weren't that many fish around um, where we were. And no, I'm not going to get into where we were. We we're just, I mean, I mean, it's not going to do you any good anyway. Come on, it sucked. Um, but I just, it, yeah, I'm just not into doing that, you know? Come on, everybody else does that. I mean, look at all the boards that are on Facebook now. You know, you can just go on there and people pull their pants down all day long on there. You know, and I'm just not going to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm prude, so... Anyway, um, but I, you know, it was cool. You know, I hadn't really been wet on my own um, in a while. And I was out chucking, you know, I was, I was messing around a lot. Um, and I wasn't real polished. I have to admit that, you know, I, I was a little bit, um, I was a little bit uncoordinated with my nine and a half foot leaders. And I know that that's, you know, nine and a half foot leaders are not actually, you know, easy to manage. Um, but still I, I, I could have probably been better, but I just hadn't, you know, I mean, I just hadn't messed with them, um, in a while. And, you know, so I was wrapping tips and, you know, doing that kind of stuff, just, just not laying them out as nicely as I wanted. And I was, I was kind of critiquing myself. I was going, dude, come on, man, you got to get it together. Um, you know, but I, I like when there's lower, clearer water um, to fish the longer leaders and, you know, to do the split shot thing. And I don't know, I fish some, I fish some beads. I mostly fished eggs, but they're just, again, there just wasn't that many fish around. Um, we hooked a couple fish, but it wasn't, you know, they were there and they were gone. So we actually got blanked. Um, but, you know, I like to, you know, when things are low and clear, I like to, I like to get, I don't know, kind of go back to the trout techniques. And 
I used to fish the Deschutes a lot and the Metolius a lot. And because of that, I, I was always a nympher and wasn't really much of a dry fly guy. And certainly, you know, when you do nymph, a lot of the techniques, if you've done that before, a lot of techniques that we use um, or can use steelhead fishing, you know, originated in fly fishing. In fact, a lot of the bead techniques, I mean, those were, a lot of those were, were just, you know, trout techniques, steelhead techniques up in Alaska. Um, that got brought down here. So, um, you know, fly fishermen kind of poo-poo it uh, a little bit, but, you know, heck, you look at the thingamabobbers that those guys are fishing, which is actually a strike indicator. Um, I'm not making it up, but uh, the thingamabobbers and the nine-foot leaders that guys are pitching now, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a float and a long leader, exactly how I was fishing. The only difference is, is, um, you know, I was doing it with spinning reel and, um, you know, I've got all that other equipment, but you know, when I'm fishing with other guys and we're rowing down the river and sticking and moving, it takes kind of a special configuration to make that, um, comfortable. And I wasn't doing that, but, uh, it was good to get out. I think that the fishing is going to just get better. Um, I think that there are certain systems that are fishing better right now, um, than others, the systems with broodstock fish on them, I think, are definitely better than the than the than the systems that are largely dependent on 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 the old Alcy and um, Alcy returns. So um, you know, I th I think that that's something that's definitely a trend over the years. Um, is that the broodstock fish just return better? I don't think that that's novel. Uh, you know, any sort of novel statement. I think we've known that for a long time, but it's, it's, it's certainly obvious, uh, you know, this year, especially where, you know, the Wilson hasn't been half bad. I mean, it hasn't been like electric red hot, but it's, it's been decent anyway, uh, for guys that know how to fish it. So, um, anyway, I think there's going to be some decent opportunities this week and over the course of the next couple of weeks, it should just ratchet up as we get these water events. Hopefully we blow out again this week. Again, I'd love to get this thing nice and clean, ready to go. And so we can have some fun through February and March. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. And in the meantime, keep those lines tight and we'll see you on the water. God bless everybody. Have a safe and happy weekend.